Content warning. This episode includes reference to alcohol, nightmares, and sleep paralysis, violence against animals, and the constant disappointment of those whose approval you long for. Hi, I'm Brad. I'll be playing Bayushi Minoru of the Bayushi Death Dealer School. My name is Charlie, and I'll be playing our illusionist, Soshi Yuzume. I'm Evan Strait, and I'll be playing Sakai no Doji Ikkyo, a member of the Doji Bureaucrat School. My name is Sam, and I'll be playing Asahina Hajime, a member of the Kakita Duelist School. I'm Ludu, and I'll be playing the Emerald Land as well as all its wonders and horrors. Hello, this is Peshai. I was technically missing. I was hiding into the swamps of the Iramori. I was testing myself. There's no better scout than I am. <laughs> But the fun is over. The Emerald Magistrates, they found me. They had uh, a particular journey across the bogs. I think they have encountered a few strange things in the marshlands. There are ghosts in this place. Boars. And of course, there is the Iramori. They met one of the hares. The amazing Lana. <sighs> now they are dragging me to... Uh, Irosaka. I never went to Irosaka, but I heard... Come on. There's probably nothing to do there. I'm gonna be so bored. Well, nevertheless, I want to thank you for making this possible. In particular, guys loves to talk about cats and Erika Chappelle. Thank you for your support. With Bashai following on your footsteps you make your way back to the border between the lands of the crane and Duzagi and you meet with the old ferryman Amos and he seems surprised to see you and with barely a word he takes you back to Irosaka you arrive there and you're immediately struck as the commoner's quarter rises above the tides of the river, fully revealed, smelling of resin and freshly cut wood with sturdy new homes row after row. At its center is the pinnacle of uh, the rebuilt commoner's district. A massive community center. You can see lanterns and music coming from them as there seems to be a small wall separating it from the rest of the quarter. And there are massive communal ovens. There are two open courtyards. And you can see 
a lot of ateliers and workshops that have been laid out for communal use. And you realize that all the activity at this hour of the day is that you are arriving on one of the days in which the festival of the dolls is celebrated. And you can see people carrying all sorts of dolls coming in and out of the complex. It is getting late. You had a long day, but uh, you have not been in town for a while. What do you do? Minoru is going to um, look around and just, at first, very casually, just, um, Bayeriki. Are any of you familiar with this festival? There are similar festivals across the empire. Instead of just being dolls of the imperial court and similar high-status people, there seems to be a lot of work in making also bucolic uh, uh, recreations of uh, daily life as part of the festival on this location. But uh, it seems mostly about uh, recreating small scenes of life under heaven and giving offerings to the spirits watching over everyone, a mixture of the spirits of the land and the ancestors. And of course, as you can see on a raised platform covered in flowers in the middle of the courtyard, there is a recreation of the imperial family in dolls, which most of the offerings are done towards the sign of heaven and the sacred anti-family line. I turn to Minoru and say, I am familiar with similar festivals from the Crane Lands, but I can't say that I've ever seen Hirosaka's particular take. It's a little bit more energetic than I was expecting. Well, then I believe it is our due diligence to look at it much closer and perhaps even partake of it just to make sure it is safe. Hajime, like, sort of like, you see his nose kind of go up in the air a little bit and he sniffs and, like, you know, smells something delicious cooking somewhere and says, well, Minoru-san, if you insist. Shall we? Aiko shoots, like, a pleading look at Minoru as he tries to get out of wandering through the streets, but relents when Minoru refuses to give him an out. Pesha ears pick up and he rubs his eyes as he looks around at the dolls with more attention. Whoa, these are way more intricate than the ones that the puppeteers have back home. Pesha Kun, you are welcome to enjoy this festival with us. Don't wander off. He nods mischievously. Hajime turns to Peshai and says, Peshai-kun, do your keen senses detect anything interesting in the air? And he's kind of like nodding his head vaguely towards the uh, towards the food. He takes a deep breath. Mm. They don't seem to have much variety of food here, but they have a lot of flat, flat cakes and it's not bean paste. I think it's probably chestnut. No, it's not quite chestnut. It's something else. Some kind of berry. 
Uh, Hajime just like has this very serious face on. It's very fake, and he's nodding, and he says, "Your senses are." highly developed, but I think that the only way to truly be sure that you're picking things up correctly is to go test it ourselves. Shall we? Oh, yes. We must go get to the bottom of this. He says, very well. Come with me, Peshekun. And he wanders off to the food. While they're looking for food and Aiko is admiring the community center, Minoru looks at Yuzume and Yuzume-san, I do believe I could use the strongest drink they offer within Hirosaka's walls. How about yourself? I think after the last couple of days, I can do little but agree with you, Bayushi-sama. Shall we, darling? Of course, my dear. And they wander off in search of the strongest drink they could find in Hirosaka. All right. So, Aiko, you go around doing your inspection and... You find that uh, what is really the deal maker for this communal space is the well-laden workshops and ateliers. They are still quite empty, but you can see the potentials as workspace. And it's not as efficient as some of the artisan towns that you know exist uh, on the crab lands, but um, it is probably enough that uh, given proper time and tools, the people here can satisfy most of the needs of the community. Pleased with this revelation, Iko files away the information into his mind and then sets out to find something sustainable, nothing too fancy he expects to be found in the festival, but something that can be a a resting meal and get himself refreshed after his long trip. You go for that, and you see a familiar face. You, You have not seen him in years, and you're actually surprised that you find him in Osaka. You recognize that mustache everywhere and you can see that uh, he has gained a few more pounds of muscle and uh, one or two scars and you can see the contours of uh, his body under his light clothing for the festival. Shiba Kazuki seemed to be distracted talking with one of the peasants that is handling one of the food cards. Aiko takes a moment to recompose himself. He went from looking for a bite to eat to seeing this stashed individual and pulls out his fan and starts lightly fluttering it as he says, Shiba-san, what a delight. You are not an individual I expected to see at this festival this evening in this place. Oh, if it is not the man that I was looking for, Doji-sama, I have to say... You have given quite the turns in the world, but one could almost swear you have been avoiding me and my master. I've been going by your office every single day and I have not had the opportunity to meet you. Aiko offers an apologetic bow and says, I am sorry for the inconvenience and I apologize on behalf of the Emerald Office, of course. 
uh, my magistrate, Bayushi Minoru-sama, thought it was of the most importance to head to the nearby clans to see what information could be brought and supplies gathered, but we have just made our return this evening, and I am pleased to see that I found you at such an auspicious time. Auspicious time, indeed. What is your drink? Maybe some long tea? It is unusual for what time you use it, but I think it is acceptable. I admit it is not the ideal drink, but it is sufficient and refreshing for the place we are in. It is a testament to the people of this town that they have rebuilt this quarter so quickly when devastation was a mere few weeks ago. Uh, yes, I have to say that the determination of the people of Hirosake is inspiring. I can see why even you spared no efforts helping them, Hiro of Hirosake. I do my part to upsee the celestial order, but enough about me in this town. You seem to have grown quite the reputation since we saw each other last. I cannot imagine it is mere coincidence that you are the one accompanying the Asawa investigating this matter in this town. You know me very well, Doji-sama. You know I will not take a Yojimbo task for such an individual unless there were certain perspectives open before me. This reminds me of the time at Shiba we shared. What was it? 19, I believe it was, that we were able to spend the winter court there. Perhaps if my lord allows it, and we do not fly from the town on the morning, you can come by the office and you will be met with the appropriate hospitality. Your lord or your lady? I am here serving Bayushi Minoru-sama as Emerald Magistrate, and I'm one of his acting Yuriki for the Emerald Office. I see. I I actually I am very interested in meeting Bayushi Minoru. They say nobody rose on the ranks of the Emerald Office this fast, unless you count. Well, let's not count that, shall we? The children at Suma, and after all, he got that way as a Nero of Hirosaka. I would love for you to introduce me to him. Bayushi Minoru-sama is well-deserving of his promotion, and I am sure that the eyes of the Empire, turned upon him as need be, will see the virtues of those humbly assisting in his tasks. I am sure we can arrange a meeting tomorrow. Would there be a particular hour that is most preferential to you and Yurosawa? I'm afraid I'm limited by my own master. I will make sure that uh, he does not forget to send a message in advance to set an appointment. I appreciate your courtesy, Shiba-san. I will be there when the sun rises to ensure the message is not missed this time. I believe that there is a fellow Yuriki of mine, a member of the Asahina family that you would be interested to meet. He and you could swap stories, I'm sure. Ah, uh, Yes. I have the sincere pleasure of meeting him, and I have to say there are topics that uh, I would love to pick up where we left.
It sounds like I will not be the only one enjoying your visit tomorrow then, Shiba-san. I pray you will excuse me. I must depart for the evening, but it has been a great, no, a sincere delight to run into you again. And I wish you best in the festival. Please. It is your town, after all. I'm the one that is thankful for it. Aiko will offer a polite bow and exit the conversation. So, speaking of uh so we get to Peshe eyes wide as he is seeing what wonders can be made with fried dough and absolutely drooling as he's clutching a doll that uh, Asahina picked for him. So, Asahina, what did you got him? A doll? Yeah, it's just a peasant holding a fishing net. Yeah, and he loved it, especially uh, loved the way that uh, uh, the small fishes on the net seem to move as the arms of the, the doll move. Uh, you can see that uh, that degree of precision and control is not something that he's used from a doll of that side size. So he's very fascinated. But again, now we can only think about treats. Well, on that we are agreed. Why did you pick this fried food stand? What is the thing that really said, "Oh, I'm gonna love this"? So. Hajime typically, like, as someone who is really, really in love with food and especially very regional food and, like, gourmet and that kind of stuff, he um, typically really likes subtlety, you know, the kind of the very specific flavors of a shoyu that comes from, like, a certain area or, like, you know, pickles that a certain spot is famous for, um, like, you know, sushi that, like, comes from one place that's been open for, you know, X number of generations but in spite of all of that, he's also a real sucker for festival food. And, uh, he, like, when festivals happen, he tends to indulge big. So if it's going to be, like, if the if the option for something to be deep fried is there, he's probably on board. Oh, yeah. And this is just, oof. I mean, it's a mess of dough of honey, of some all kinds of assorted nuts blended in a paste. It is just, and the dough was just worked to a, the point in which, you, you know, there's just air pockets that lift it up as it fries. It's just heavenly. And Peshai grishes for it as soon as he serves it, and ouch, and starts licking in his fingers. Thought. It's okay, Peshaikun, give it a moment. Just really let just the the idea of eating this food just fill your mind. And then, and Hajime takes a big bite out of his. It's also very hot. And he just goes, ah, 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 delicious. Ah. And he laughs at you. Ah. It feels really nice to have some warm food for a change. Well, I imagine so. I'm quite certain that hiding in a bog somewhere, you didn't get a whole lot of that. Uh-huh. I was a bit afraid of starting any fires. Understandable, I would suppose, in Daidoji lands. They seem a people a bit on the edge. Hmm. 
I wonder, Asahina-sama, why did you study with the Kakit instead of the Daidoji? Asahina is, I think, caught off guard by the question. And he's been very, like, cheerful during this whole thing. And there's a moment where you see his face sort of drop. But it kind of wipes away pretty quickly. And he says, Well, it was the desire of my parents that I learned to... That I learned the way of the sword. And the way in which I did so best was focusing on the nature of the duel. The idea of the perfect cut and the perfect situation was something that's always fascinated me, and they recognized that and decided it was the best path for me. Peshe nods. Well, it is true that on an actual battle, you often often only have time for one cut. That is true. And learning to apply exactly the right cut to the circumstances is something that I do take great joy in. Then why don't you get a bigger sword? I mean, if you have one cut, you want to take the most from it, right? Well, Pishai-kun, I suppose I could get a bigger sword, but it would be... Hmm. How about on a day where we aren't celebrating, I can give you a few lessons? How does that sound? I never saw a Kakita duel. That will be interesting. Well, I hope that other than myself, you never have to. And he um, winks in a little bit of an intimidating way. <laughs> so, we cut to a wooden stand laid out in one corner between the big ovens and one of the one of the stockpiles where there is a drinking station that has been established by one of the local taverns, the Thankful Riches. And the people managing this, they seem to be quite popular and they are almost out of drinks. But when they see two samurai coming in, they managed to scrunch something. Hey, Samurai-sama, so what will it be? I have some very strong sorshu still left. And I have something that was from the from the brewery of Colds of Hirosaka two years ago. It's a bit on the expensive side and getting more expensive, but I'm sure you will appreciate. Minoru is going to look at Yuzume. <sighs> Let's start with the clouds of Hirosaka and work our way up, shall we? Yuzume just smiles uh, and nods because it would be nice if she could tell what was good and what was bad, but she really doesn't. So she's just smiling and nodding as if she knows what's going on. He nods and he serves you quite generously. It's always weird to see some... uh, Samurai around this time of the year, especially for the festival. Usually they are out of town until the Sakura blooms. Well, I lie. Usually the mantis tend to have some people around here during this time of the year already. This year is probably a bit weird. They always send one or two ships around. They say that 
they can find a lot of work here, but, you know, I don't know the deals of my betters. So the moth were never around during festival time? Well, the moth are the moth. They are our people, first and foremost. Aren't we all? I'll drink to that. It's interesting. If the mantis are going to be coming around anytime soon, we might want to extend an invitation by Yushisama. Yuzume-san, I believe that might be very wise. The mantis, well, know a lot for such a troublesome bunch. Can they really cause more trouble than the city's already seen? Maybe. <laughs> and then Minoru's going to look very seriously at Yuzume, just almost way too seriously. And How much trouble do you think Hajime and Aiko are in right about now? I would... Ask for your definition of trouble. Do you think they're going to come in after I finish my drink or partway through? I think the only way that they are going to come barreling across the festival plaza to come and see us is if young Master Peshai has managed to give Asahina-san the slip. And with any luck, that won't be the case. If he gives Hajime-san the slip, I am going to spend the next several days very sad. And then you're going to be assigned to watch him. You don't mean that. He's a child. All right, you're right. I'll sign Aiko to watch him. It will keep both of them busy and probably be good for them. Thank you so much. And she just grins because the thought of Aiko having to look after a kid is just so much better than the thought of her having to look after a kid. So you enjoy your time at the festival and things start to clear out as it gets deeper into the night and lanterns start to go off and you make your way back to the house of the evergreens. And as you approach, you can see Baba still sleepy, rubbing her eyes, uh, a fish oil lamp on her head. Oh, it's you, my dear Samurai-sama. Please, come in. Baba, it is a pleasure to see you. Ah, Magistrate-sama, there was a letter from you, from the, well, from the Mia. It came by Herald. Oh... Well, then, I suppose I have a very appointment to keep tomorrow. <sighs> All right. And Minoru's going to start to stumble up the stairs to bed. Hajime, being the very large man that he is, is going to help probably both Minoru and Yuzume a little bit as they make their way up the stairs. And just to like just enough to get them up onto the floor and make sure they're not going to just, just face plant. At some or at some point, and then he's going to uh, retire to his own room. Aiko will collect any of the summons that have been stored up for us, open them, see what matters they refer to, or if they're just "Hello, Emerald Magistrate, please come at your early convenience." And then, probably spending about an hour or two before bed, goes to the magistrate's office to check if there are any notes, notices, uh, edicts, paperwork's that have been left piling up over the time we've been gone to itemize them and have them ready in the morning. Yeah, you go to the office and uh, nobody really done anything. There's a two days layer of test and well, well, there are uh, 
some requests for a meeting from the two people that you have prepared for, Izawa Nobuo and also Agasha Toma, as they want to present to Minoru their claims to as to the continuation of the Mod Clan. But uh, they are similar to similar notes that uh, you already had before. Then if everything is in order, Aiko will retire to his own quarters. So it sends your day of journey and party and exhaustion takes in the space where sleep belongs. And Yuzume, you you your mind is surprisingly clear. You expected a bit of well, some consequences from the alcohol, but you find yourself on a empty white space sitting on your chair and in front of you lays a figure that you have not seen in years a guard that recognize a man whose life you destroyed for their careless comments and he's talking to you no sound is coming from his mouth you hear nothing but you know what he's saying. That played out over your mind many times. And he keeps talking, some less words. And around you the whiteness crumbles into nothingness. And there is the soft shaking of tremors. And suddenly the void gives away in front of you. And you can feel your chair leaning forward. And more important, the guard falls through. Before you realize, you see your extended hand and the callous, hairy arms of the guard around it as the voice seems to swallow him. Yuzume pulls her arm back to try and swat him away. You swat him away and one arm detaches from yours and he swings in an arch Clutching to you only with his left arm. You get a shiver down your spine and you see a woman floating in the void. There is a strangeness to her that makes it clear that uh, she's not real in any way that the realm of mortals will define. But she's wearing enough of the trappings of features that you could see on her someone else, someone familiar, despite the obvious fact that it's not her, who do the features of this woman remind you of? I think that the closest woman who would mean a lot to her would be her Aunt Chiaki. Um, she married into the Kakita. She's uh, Hideki's mother. She'd probably be 50, 49. It's her papa's older sister. So the not Shiaki stands somehow between you and the guard and leans close to you, caresses your mask and says, it's okay, don't hesitate. Swat him stronger now. So Yuzume sort of looks up at her aunt and uh, swallows back 
what she was going to say and she doesn't really know if she was going to say anything um and she she doesn't go back to hit him again uh instead she tries to do it uh she tries to push him away with with the air around her if there's air around her she does what she did did countless of times but there's no steering off the elements there's just emptiness and when that fails the simulacra of her aunt smiles and without missing a beat kicks the guards into the void she turns around with this ear-to-ear grinning smile that no samurai will be caught doing and still with that smile she disappears too so echo you have a keen memory but uh, Tell me, is it sharp enough to cleave the peptide aggregates that form memories? Is it so keen that you are not able to forget? Or is it the result of training and discipline? It's something Aiko was naturally born with. And obviously he worked to hone it over the years, but it's something that he doesn't really have a whole lot of control over. It's always been a more of a natural inclination that he trained himself to use over time but are you still able to get the blessing of forgetting if he tries very hard he can but it's not something that is readily achievable the thing with the cluttered mind is that there's no sign of wit memory is gonna be roused by the mysteries of sleep echo finds himself thinking back to when he was a student. He remembers the now gone Doji Satsume. He remembers how, under advice of their family, he decided to get people around their age, young, preeminent members of the most important families of the crane, and have them serve as personal attendants and maybe friends of their kids. A lot of students of your generation were Sherry Pickett and invited to events at Kyuden Doji where you were told to observe and maybe see which of the children of Doji Satsume you will have greater affinity to. And you find yourself thinking about the first time that you met Lady Otaro. And you can remember as if it was yesterday. And you can paint all the details of the scene as it's less that you are remembering and more like you are living in a very colorful dream. You were probably invited to stand on behind the dais alongside other students on the first official event, which... Lady Otaru was part of as an adult samurai. It was a lavish scene with all the splendor of the court of Doji called Summon. And Eiko, what living recreation you find yourself in? The halls stretch outward to a balcony overseeing the the sea, the cliffs of Kyudan Doji. The sky is empty, not a cloud to obscure 
Lady Amaterasu's light. There are endless dignitaries lined up from each of the great clans to see Lady Hataru's first official act as an adult as the heir to the crane. Satsume's stern gaze upon Hataru and the rest of the congregation glances over the students. Aiko, as a child, runs through a mental list of all the imperfections he could be showing and can't think of anything that could be wrong. And the gaze moves on. Aiko waits and watches. You can remember every single person on that place. What are the faces that you see as part of the event? And what are the faces of the students alongside you? Those most promising that also, like Echo, have been picked to be tested as close advisors. There were four top individuals, one from each of the the families picked for this initiative Satsuma had headed up. Aiko was the representative from the doji. There was an Asahina, particularly gifted in uh, scrying and discerning of, of future events. A Kakita that Toshimoko had remarked as one of the most promising individuals he had seen in a lifetime. And a Dai Doji marked as a specifically talented cartographer and negotiator, able to already have secured a promising seat on the Daidoji Merchant Council. And so you watch, covering your face with friends, as you and your sensei carefully comment about the proceedings. And suddenly, a fan falls, folded, but unfolding as it rotates in the air. You don't know if it is yours or someone else, but you can see it flying out from behind of the soji screens right into the proceedings. And you feel it within reach that you can just snap it out of the air because you know how much it will disturb it. It will fall into the floors. Or you can just let it continue. After all, it's probably not your fan. You will take better care of it. Even though everything in Aiko screams to maintain his composure and just let something fall, there's a moment of terror that seizes him as he reaches out and tries to grab the fan to prevent any disturbance from happening. You grab the fan and it feels heavy in your hands. And you turn around to the flutter of silk as everyone seems to be shuffling around and you can see your own face be f behind your fan softly berating you with all the graces of cadence and you look down at your hands and you don't recognize them and you have the terrible realization that there is something about this scene something crucial for its context that has been taken away from you. And but you and Yuzume wake up on the next morning, surprisingly restored, but the eerie feeling in the back of your mind that something very important has been taken from you. 
so you wake up the next day. What are everyone's plans at the fr breakfast table? Iko gets up in the morning, does his routine stretches, and gets himself dressed, and lightly taps on Hajime's door as he heads out of the building. You hear a voice say, who is it? I do not wish to disturb you, Hajime-san. I merely wish to advise you to make your way to the office when you are able. I believe there is something that will interest you there today. It's no disturbance, Iko-san. I will be with you shortly. Very well. Get your sleep, Hajime-san. Thank you. After getting a bite to eat, Aiko heads towards the office to start getting any paperwork he can get done prepared for the day, because it's going to be a busy one. Hajime, I think, he probably stays in bed, just enjoys enjoys being sort of half awake for a few minutes, and then he gets up and he does like some quick just morning like exercises like that to, you know, um, even if he's not actively practicing dueling stuff he's still trying to like you know just going through a quick little workout and then the biggest breakfast that he can eat very quickly i'm going to leave a note with baba gone to the office with Ico. if you need anything find me there get something to eat love hashime it's not actually love but it's you know it's just that's signs off and then heads down to the office um it's probably i would say like 30 to 45 minutes after Aiko. Minoru wakes up hungover to Aiko saying something to Hajime. Just, Aiko-san, your voice does not need to be that loud. We're all here. Yuzume uh, probably sleeps through all of this. Um, she's a very experienced hungover person and she won't move until she knows that she can go outside and face the day with just enough grumpiness that people might think, oh, that's just her not just being hungover. Okay. And then she'll get ready and like, I guess, head to work. Minoru eats whatever breakfast he knows he'll keep down and heads to work. So, Riku, you are the first one to arrive. And uh, again, the office is pretty much as you left behind. But you can see that even before you were here, the courthouse is open and you can see servants coming from outside and you realize that, oh, the Imperials are already waiting patiently or not so patiently for you all. Iko sets his face to bland neutrality and then enters into the courthouse. You see the same tree and you can see the disappointment in Kazuku's and Ishima's face uh, but uh, Miyasora seems delighted oh Doji-sama what a delight to see you this morning have you gotten the chance to eat something? I grabbed a few things to refresh myself before heading here but nothing substantial it is a delight to see all of you, of course. Our journeys have taken us through hospitable and less hospitable homes, and it is a great relief to be returned here to your presence. Great relief, hopefully. Uh, tell me, uh, do your lord happen to be around? Back into the town, perhaps? I believe when I 
left our abode this morning, Minoru-sama was working through some kata to refresh himself for the day's events ahead. I believe he'll be along when he has finished his craft. Ah, oh, yes. Good, good, good. And he unfolds his fan and calls a servant. And three of them rush to put a small table, a pillow, and on top of it to lay a sealed scroll that has both the Imperial Chrysanthemum, the seal of the Ruby Dojo, and the seal of the Mia Heralds. A message has arrived for your master, Doji-sama. Kazuko says, examining your reaction. Aiko glances at the scroll for a moment before turning his eyes back around the office and says, Well, then, I, I'm glad that he'll be along at his leisure to examine it. I assume that with a message bearing this much importance, there must be good company with Minoru-sama to see that he receives the news well. That must be why you all are here this morning. I apologize that we have kept you waiting in the pursuit of our duties. The three of them stare at each other and unfold their fans again and cover their mouths as they seem to be playing some kind of standby as they glare at each other. So the other three, they arrive at the magistrate complex and you see that uh, Aiku is not on your office and people seem to be already in the courthouse, which is unusual as you know that uh, Miyasora spends as much effort as possible to avoid being in the place. Yeah, so Ajime notices that... uh, uh, Aiko is not on the office, and there are people in the courthouse. You walk in in what seems to be Aiko waiting in front of a table with a pillow and a scroll case, as the three Imperials seem to be... Honestly, it reminds you of duelists during a stare-down. And you enter casually, so casually that... Uh, the Imperials don't even turn their eye daggers towards you. And you are able to just casually stand by Aiko's side as if you were there all along. You must forgive me. Now that Hachime-san has arrived, I was waiting till another member of the Emerald Office could take my place so you would not be left alone. There are several implements for preparing tea in my office. I would gather them if we are to celebrate this important document. I believe it would be appropriate to do so over tea. Hajime is going to step forward as Aiko says that and just commenting on like, oh, how nice the festival was. What did you all like, you know, did you all get to in- engage in any of sort of the the festivities last night? He's essentially just trying to create space for Aiko to step away for a moment and not have them feel like the Imperials are being neglected. Mm-hmm. So you do that, and quickly Sora and uh, and Ishiman lose interest on you as Zeku retreats. Uh, Kazuku is the only one that seems intently interested on you, and you can, even you can see that uh, she's trying to get as much as possible from you about what you learn at outside of Hirosaka. I definitely 
think that I would not be trying to volunteer any of that information without the others here. Um, I would be trying to keep that close to the vest. So I would be trying to redirect things um, as much towards, you know, oh, I noticed that the uh, the commoners quarter has mostly been rebuilt. That made the festival particularly nice. Like I'm I'm going to talk about. Uh, everything I ate in exquisite detail, uh, specifically comparing it to other festival food that I've had in other places. I can't filibuster the way Ico can, but I can talk about food for a long time. So, the two scorpions, you arrive at the complex, and you can hear noise coming from the office of Ico. Why is everything so loud? Well, you see, it is a punishment by the spirits for consuming them. I'm going to peek into Aiko's office. Aiko gets like a bit of an exasperated sigh and says, Thank goodness you're here. It took you long enough to get out of the house this morning. We don't have time for small talk. The Imperials are all waiting in the courtroom. There is a scroll signed with a seal by the Emerald Office, the Ruby Champion, and the head of the Mia family. They are expecting you to unfurl the scroll in front of them and no doubt have expectations. Best faces. And then Ico walks past the two scorpion with his tea platter to get into the the courtroom or wherever the, the meeting is and start setting up tea. Minerva's going to quickly, if Yuzume didn't hear, very quickly pass the information on, ending with, Yuzume-san, I believe that sake was cursed. Let's go. Oh no. If we are going in there, we are going to go in there looking so fantastic that they cannot for a second assume that we did anything untoward last night. This is why I am glad to have you as my Yuriki. Bayushi-san, I need you to sit for a moment. Do I have your consent to change your face? Yes, Yuzume-san. Fantastic. Hmm. thing here is that um, the thing about the self is that you know yourself. So you can give to the, to the spirits a pretty good idea of what they are changing. Uh, so... Maybe that might require an extra touch. Okay, so when Yuzume sees that, you know, she's she's asked the Kami to change Minoru's face and it hasn't worked, uh, she just pouts, very put off by this, and just looks at him and is like, do you have any makeup? No, but I'm a very talented wordsmith um minoru's going to pull out a mint leaf and start chewing it so his breath doesn't stink of sake offer her one thank you dear you know mush with his face a little bit to try and get him looking a little bit better you can see as you walk in you can see the shock poorly these guys had inside his face the just Heartbreaking gasp that goes unsaid by Inchima and the judging stare of poor disgust as Kazuko looks at you as it becomes not only obvious that you have been indulging, not only that, you are also made them wait the extra mile in a Clearly poor attempt to cover up for your own inadequacies. 
and they suddenly they you can sm you can get with your sword the disappointment as they realize that they have been waiting two days for this goddamn letter and you were doing who knows what and then you show up three days later drunk as they walk in Iko is finishing a tale he says and that was the childhood lesson that I took out of the teachings of the petal blossom I always found its thoughts on the importance of patience and observing the simple things in life to be the most satisfying ah Minoru-sama uh, I am so glad you were able to join us this morning I apologize for being so late. I am exhausted. We've traveled through roads and marshland, been awake chasing prodigies through the most dangerous terrain that the gods ever saw fit to place on the Empire's face. And I've been sick with worry due to my Yuriki being in danger. I apologize for my lateness and my current state. They seem to be doing their best to politely ignore you. Sora is completely ignoring you and focusing entirely on Eiko. Kazuku is not even looking in uh, Yuzumi's direction and is focusing all of her attentions on Hajime. And Ishime is the one that coughs and taps her fan on the pillow where the scroll case lays. An urgent message that traveled day and night from the castle of the Emerald Champion has been delivered to you, Emerald Magistrate. Minero is going to wordlessly pick it up, open it. He's going to read it to himself first. What does it say? Emerald Magistrate by Yushi Minoru. The disgraced Lord Nagokita, formerly of the Lion Clan, has been reported to have eluded justice and is hiding in your jurisdiction. Somewhere near his former lands, across the northern shores of the Sherry Blossom Snow Lake. His crimes against the Celestial Order the Scion of Heaven, the clans of Shinju and Akodo, then the people of the Emerald Lands, as well as the Imperial Bureaucracy, are too numerous and vile to bear repeating here. Cut him like the feral beast he is, and deliver his head to either the Unicorn Clan or this office. And below you can see the seal of its sensei of the Ruby Dojo, Agasha Sumiko. Minoru is going to read it to himself not out loud, turn past the message to Aiko. Hajime-san, if you would please gather some swift horses and prepare yourself. We have much work to be doing as soon as we can. Hajime just barely raises an eyebrow because I don't know if Minoru has ever been this direct, and so he realizes this has to be a little urgent, and he... Uh, bows and immediately exits and heads into town to go procure some horses. Yuzume-san, do you have any paper and a brush on you so that I can write a note? I can fetch some from my office. Thank you, dear. Yuzume will tootle off to go and get that. Aiko reads through the letter as Minoru starts giving orders, and then 
hands the copy over to the Imperials to look it over themselves. The Imperials read the letter, they seem to be reading it again, and they seem to be growing pale. All but Eshima. Uh, Eshima seems to be... She seems to have to be the impulse to offering you something, but then she looks at your dark eyes and trembling lips, and then she kind of goes, mm, better not. My honorable lords, I must set to this task as swiftly as possible. Um, I need to simply consult some quick records we may have here, and then I must be on the road. Is there anything else you wish to discuss with me before I leave? Uh, Kazuko is the one that speaks up uh, before Sora. Is there any best uh, favor that this court might bestow upon you, either as an individual or as a member of the Emerald Office? As of right now, I'm not sure. I must investigate. If I do, I will be calling upon Sepun-san for some assistance with manpower, and that would be it. Our people, they are stretched thin, and they are not the best in a manhunt. One thing is to look tough and put off fires. Another is to track someone that has been eluding and making a mockery of the empire for years. That's fair. All right. As far as I know, my honorable lords, I do not require anything else from you or any favors. I thank you. I will be eager to see you again as soon as this mission is completed. Aiko-san, with me. I thank you for your hospitality, Sepun, Mia, and Otoma-sans. It has been a delight to be in your company once again. Brad can be found on Discord at BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDABarbarian. Charlie can be found on Discord as Reesalian and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Evan can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite or Discord as PushyMushy1871. And I'm a part of another actual play for L5R called Secondhand Strife. You can check us out anywhere podcasts are distributed. Sam can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram as at SJSidLogic. Lulu can be found at Deletiel on Twitter and their design work can be found at Populesque Ludum Syndicate on DriveThruRPG and Itchu. This is a Courts Game podcast. You can find more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legends of the Five Ring is the intellectual property currently owned by Fantasy Flight Games. D20 Radio, where gamers roll.